What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. We are down one today. Candace can't be here with us. Hope she's enjoying her brunch. We're here to talk about the game four loss. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Memphis Grizzlies 119-118. And there are a number of things to unpack whenever it comes to this game. But I want to lead off with the 11 points, 15 assists, eight rebound catastrophe that was John Morant last night. We will get into the referees. We will talk about that. We will talk about a a bunch of other things whenever it comes to this game. But the bottom line is the Memphis Grizzlies, this was low-hanging fruit. This game was there for them to take it. They were in this game the whole time. They hung around with their best player playing like crap. And this is two games in a row. I feel like he has not played up to his standard, to what we expect, what we've come to expect from John Morant. Isaac has a theory thinking that maybe he is injured in some way. And I think based off of what he said in that post-game presser, that it's safe to say he's not 100% right now. But you you can't have this kind of performance from your best player and expect to win games. Thank goodness for Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks last night. If those two were not playing the way that they were playing, this would have been a blowout because of the way this game was officiated. Yeah, it, it's kind of amazing that the Grizzlies only lost this game by one and they were able to stay in this game as well as they did. I mean, you you only have seven points from, from Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, in this game. And, and, and he's like you said, Ja with only a – 11 points and, and didn't play well, even though he almost had another triple-double. Uh, that's not what you expect from John Morant. Uh, I mean, you have a 15 free-throw discrepancy. I mean, call Anthony Towns. The Grizzlies shot 19 of 25 from the free-throw line. Call Anthony Towns had seven, uh, 17 attempts by himself. So he's only two free-throws off the entire Grizzlies team pace when the Grizzlies shot 86, 86 shots and Minnesota shot 74. So there's you. that's not adding up, man. Like, you got a 15 free throw discrepancy when a team had 12 more attempts on goals than you did. Something's not right about that. But, uh, yeah, man, Ja, I've, I've been sitting the last couple games. I think I think he was already kind of probably dealing with some quad stuff because he had got needed in his other quad uh, prior. And then you had the situation with Cat in, in game two uh, where, where he got needed in the quad and left the game, did come back in that game. And I think in game three, he went to the hole and fell on that same side and it was slow to get up. And you can just kind of see it. I don't think he wants to show it, but when he's not in game action, he's kind of standing there. He's kind of favoring that side. He kind of has his hand on his hip right there. There's definitely something going on with him. I know some people that disagree with that. They say, oh, well, you still saw these explosive plays that he made in the fourth quarter. And I, and I caution him. I say, when, when a guy's a world-class athlete, I mean, just because every now and then he picks his spots and you'll see this explosive play where he takes off and, and gets to the basket doesn't mean that he's 100%, and it doesn't mean that he can move the way he needs to move on defense, and I think that's where you really see it. And it's tough because, I mean, Bain is not going to score 34 points. You're not going to get 58 points from from Bain and and Dylan Brooks on a night-in, night-out basis, and they're just going to have to have more from from John and Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, there's just this – they're not – if they keep – if they get more performances like this from John Jaron, they might lose this series. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they were able, again, to compete the way they were without those guys playing the way they were. But at some point, I mean, I know John talks about the facilitation and, and him them blitzing him and he, and he found an open guy, and that's great. 
Like, I, I love that he did that um, some in game two, but he did took off offensively there into, into late third quarter into the fourth. And at some point, you're going to need that. I mean, again, I understand that the defense is blitzing them. They're doing a good job on them. But your star players have to be star players at some point. And they just haven't been there uh, for, for the most part of this series. And I think in order for them to win, they're going to need definitely on the offensive end, uh, more out of Ja um, and, and definitely out of Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. It, I, I don't know that I, I – Jaron has got to find a way to get this foul thing out of his head because when he gets a cheap foul, it breaks him. I, I love Jaron. I know what kind of impact he makes on this team. I know what he means to this team defensively. I've looked at the numbers, but this is a mental thing for him, in my opinion, because 100%. When, he, when he, if he commits a foul, you know, he, he's owning it. But when he's getting a cheat foul, you can see it. You can see it in his emotions. You can see it in his body language. He just plays differently, and that's causing him. You know, he picked up that fifth foul, and then the sixth foul, which a lot of his oh, fouls were questionable. Oh, but man, if you're going to call a foul on that play when he picked up his sixth foul, it's got to be on Brandon Clark. Has to be. Jaron Jackson Jr. is straight up. His arms don't come down. They're, and like, they there's nothing. <laughs> and, yeah, and they still called it a foul on Jaron Jackson Jr. There's something – I'm not one to sit here and blame the referees, blame the officials. I, I don't like I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. Like, I, I, I get it. I, I But last night, this is um, – Fast Break Breakfast sent out this tweet – and after the Grizzlies challenged the first, the initial foul call on Desmond Bain for his offensive foul that would have given him number four, 16 seconds later, the Grizzlies, like, they're playing the game. Desmond Bain gets a fast break. Him and Anthony Edwards kind of bump each other. And the referee screams, review this, as he calls his fourth offensive foul, knowing that they didn't have another challenge. And so it's bullshit. Like, it's complete and utter bullshit. I'm not going to say the Grizzlies win this game if the referees don't call it the way that they called it. There's a really, really strong chance that that's the case. But you cannot have officials like John Goble out here or Gobble, whatever in the hell his name is. <laughs> this game is not about him. And if the NBA does not check these guys, it's going to be ugly. Like, the, these – I got a feeling – that we're going to see a player get some sort of massive fine over these referees because this is, you know, him screaming out, review this, that, that it's making it all about him. It's not about you, man. This game is about the guys are on the floor, not about you. I, I have a huge issue when the referees, when I used to coach baseball and, and it's completely different, but, when you would go out, if you would say something to an umpire, you would get some that would talk to you about it, and then you would get others that would get offended, and they'd take it out on the kids on, out on the, the, the field. And this is the same type of energy. It's little dick energy is exactly what it is. Excuse my French, but you're getting paid to call this right down the line, and because they challenged your call, and not only did they challenge it, it was a successful challenge because you blew the call – now you get all in your feelings and you got to feel like you pay them back the next time they come down the floor. It's not okay. Not at all. 
Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's awful. Um, and I know a lot of people try to shy away from, from blaming the officials. But when I look at a game last, like last night that comes down ends up being a one-point game, a 15 free throw discrepancy. You got one dude in Carl Anthony Towns that almost paced the Grizzlies and, and the Grizzlies' entire team in free throw attempts. I mean, there, there's a problem there. And, and like you said, the situation you just laid out, they also had to review where – I can't remember who, who it was that uh, – I think Jared had the ball with Anthony Edwards that uh, yeah. knocked the ball and the ball went a out of bounds. Clear foul. If, if a clear you foul. Can... And, you can, and you can review it and you can call a foul if it happens within the same act. And they just said out of bounds. Timberwolves ball. Brevin was going nuts on the broadcast. He said he asked them for explanation, asked them, can you call a, if, if you go back and review a play like that, if it happens in the same action, can you call a foul? And he said it, 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 they just dismissed him, said uh, Minnesota ball. And then he was just going nuts on the broadcast. And I mean, you just can't be doing that, man. That that crew last night, John Goldball, I mean, just, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't, and, and like you said, man, something's going to end up happening. Because of this, man, you can't referee games like this. Like, I understand you're going to miss some calls, he, but he even they had opportunities to get them right last night, and they still, still he doesn't need to referee another game in these playoffs no. at all. Man. No, he does not he at all. He needs to be done for the rest of the season. The NBA has to address this. Taylor Jenkins was completely out of character in his postgame presser. He is not one, and he sat there and said it. He said kind of the same thing what I was saying earlier in – I'm not one to say that we would have won this game without the refs calling it this way. And then he kind of, he, he backpedaled a little bit from there, but he went right at the referees. There was no pulling punches. He said that this was the most poorly arrogantly officiated game that he's ever been a part of as in, in his entire coaching career. And it's, it's just ignorant, man. I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, well, number one answer would be get John Goble off of any freaking – he doesn't need to be on the floor. If he can't check his ego when he's out there on the floor as a referee, he needs to be gone. Like, point blank, period. I'm not calling for the man to lose his job, but he needs he needs to be pulled out of the playoffs. In the regular season, you do something like this, it's one game in the regular season. But one game in the playoffs like this can completely change the series. And this this game very well could change the way that this series goes because if he – is not out there making these calls the way that he was. The Grizzlies win this game. They go up 3-1. They've got a chance to finish at home in game five on Tuesday night. So this may change the way that this series ends up going. Um, Ryan Rucco and Richard Jefferson, I hate that I have to watch them. The, the way Man, the yeah, delay I, is, don't envy you. I, I cannot <laughs> get Bally to play right up here. It always messes up. I miss minutes of the game at a time. So I had to listen to the ESPN broadcast and those dudes were all about the Timberwolves all night long. But on that play, when Anthony Edwards clearly fouled Jaron Jackson and knocked it out of bounds, you know, or forced Jaron to knock it out of bounds, they were even saying, Richard Jefferson said, that's you, you missed that. If you review that and you see that Jaron was the last one to touch the ball, you also saw that Anthony Edwards smacked the back smacked of his, his arm. Smacked his arm, yeah, for yeah. sure. So it, it's – there's no way you look at that review and don't see that. And they have the they have the power to make that call on on that review. They can change that to a foul. And like I said, Brevin said he asked him for an explanation and made sure uh, that that was the case. And they wouldn't even answer. It. He said they were just arrogant about it and just basically said, "Told him Timberwolves ball and walked away from him." And he he was hot, like you could tell. Like I know he tried to stay professional uh, because that's what what he does. But I could tell, man, he was he was not happy with that officiating crew. And I mean, he was talking about it a lot during the game and, and you know when those guys 
anytime they kind of go on a rant, like because Brevin and Peter are professional, like there's some some of these guys on these other teams, they'll say all kind of crazy stuff. But but Brevin and Peter are super professional, and when they're harping on the fish ain't all game, that lets you know how bad it really is. And like you said, if Richard Jefferson and Rupert were talking about it, I know because I'm sure they were kind of homers for the other side. It was if, if they said it was a bad, dude. Yeah, I'm it, sure it if they was, said it was a bad call, that lets you know how bad it is. Like, I I hate listening to a game, a national game, when the broadcasters are so much for one team. It makes it worse when the team, like, when it's the Grizzlies and all you're hearing about is the other team. The camera, it was on uh, T, and I don't know Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know his dad's name. I don't follow the Timberwolves. No disrespect to Mr. Towns, but I, I don't know his name. It was on them. Like, they showed them quite a few times talking, kind of going back and forth. But a lot of the time when the camera was, like, when there was a stop in the action, the cameras are on Carl Anthony Towns. They're talking about Carl Anthony Towns. They're gassing up the Timberwolves. And I'm like, yeah, there's no bias here at all. It, it was clear. It was blatant. And even though they were doing that through the entire game, this that one call on Jaron whenever Ed, Edwards smacked his elbow and the ball goes out, which that possession right there led to a Timberwolves field goal. That is enough to change the game. The Grizzlies score right there. I don't know, man. There, but there's a, there miss, a lot miss, of missed goaltending call um, yeah. early in the game. I mean, there was a, there was several that were just egregious. Again, man, I understand these officials. They have a tough job. I mean, you it's, it's fast paced. I mean, these are world class athletes. You're gonna miss some calls, but I mean, just obvious ones like the, the the ones that we saw last night, man. It just can't happen. And, and Goble shouldn't be, like you said, shouldn't be refereeing another playoff game this season. But I'm sure he will. And it's crazy. I just don't understand how the NBA continues to do this because it, it's a bad product. I mean, this series hasn't been fun because it's been more about the officiating than it's been basketball. These are two evenly matched teams that could be great. But I mean, the officiating has been such a big part of the series. That it hasn't been as enjoyable as enjoyable as it could have been. I want to know who the referees have been for the Celtics and Nets series, because that's the set of referees that I want for this series right here, because they've been letting them play. They Boston has been playing super physical on the defensive end. The Nets have been playing back, and they have not. You you don't see this amount of fouls. You don't see this amount of bullcrap. But it's been kind of across the league, not just in this series. There's a few other series. If you've watched them, if you've been keeping up with them, the referees have been subpar. And, again, I know that what they're doing is extremely tough. You just said it. These are some of the best athletes in the world, and it's a lot easier for us to see this in a replay slowed down than it is for them to try and catch it in real time. So they're human. They're going to miss calls. But you have to separate your ego. When you miss a call and that team challenges it and wins the challenge, yeah, you, you can't, can't make a call. You can't, no. man. And that's exactly what happened. I, I want to kind of get more into the mean potatoes of the game and, and get away from the referee stuff because, you know, we, we could talk about that for an hour and a half and still have plenty to talk about, to be honest. But we, we saw changes. Uh, Taylor Jenkins changing the lineup again. He went with uh, Xavier Tillman starting at the five last night. Tillman ended up playing about 15 and a half minutes in the game. Um, not the impact that he had after Taylor went to him off of the bench in the previous game. 
do you think yeah. that we eventually see Brandon Clark in the starting lineup? Because Brandon Clark continues to play well in the series. Seven for nine from the field last night. He sucked it up at the free throw line. Free throws win championships, man. You go 19 for 25. I know that that's a huge discrepancy, 25 to 40. But if you shoot 80% from the free throw line last night, you win this game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I I had a feeling that they would kind of go right at Tillman uh, after the way things went in game three. I had a feeling that they would have a game plan for him, and that was their plan. Uh, Call Act of Towns came out aggressive to start the game and went right at Tillman. Tillman picked up two, and he was never really a real factor in this. But at this point, I I think you have to go there uh, with BC. I, I prefer BC coming in off the bench, but you saw what happened with Tillman last night. Uh, so that's, that's probably not going to work anymore. And Stephen Adams was able to get some minutes and he wasn't, didn't play well either. So I think at this point you have to, I mean, BC has been fantastic in this series. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, if, if you had to pick an MVP right now, I think he would be that guy. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of, well, I guess Bain, well, yeah. we're going off, but I guess of guys that we can you don't split it. really we can co-MVP those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you expect a little bit more from Bain, and that's another thing that I think we found out in this series. I think we already know that, but Bain is about that life. Like, this playoff is not too big for him. He's a real dear player, and I think, as we said before, I think he's going to play an all-star game at some point in his career. I think he's that level of player. I mean, he's shown up in a big way on a big stage, so I don't have any – concerns about him going forward but I, I think you you in in the next game I think if I'm Taylor Jenkins I think I start Brandon Clark um we'll, we'll see if that that's what happens he might try to go with the Tillman thing again but again I think the Timberwolves kind of schemed and had a game plan to go right at him and it worked early because he picked up two quick ones and it was really really never a factor I think BC and Kyle have, have kind of done the best job of of Garden Towns and I think you you can't keep the continue to get off to these slow starts uh that's what we've seen um, in, in these games, and I think you want to have whoever whoever's going to be your guys that that you feel like are best defensively and they're going to give you the most. I think that's who you want on the floor to start the game, and that's clearly been been Brandon Clark in the series. I don't think there's any doubt about that. What's up, guys? It's David. Before we go any further, I've got to take a couple moments here to tell you about our new partner at Ethos Grizzlies, Ember and Valor. Ember and Valor specializes in beard care products. Let them take your beard to the next level with their easy two-step process. You get started with the beard oil to condition your skin and prevent the dreaded beard itch. You finish it off with Ember and Valor's Beard Balm to condition and shape your beard. Go over to emberandvalor.com right now and use promo code ETHOSGRIZ for 25% off. Let them get you the beard you've always wanted. Emberandvalor.com, E-M-B-E-R, A-N-D-V-A-L-O-R.com, promo code Ethos Grizzlies for 25% off. I've got to run it by you one more time. I can't allow you to miss it. 25% off at Emberandvalor.com right now using our promo code Ethos Grizz. That's E-T-H-O-S-G-R-I-Z-Z at Emberandvalor.com for 25% off of all of their products. Ember and Valor makes all of their products using all natural ingredients. Get over there, check them out, use the promo code, let them know we sent you. You will not be disappointed. Emberandvalor.com. Look good, feel good. Yeah, it's we, we talked about his energy coming off of the bench, and so you wonder if you take him off the bench and put him into the starting lineup 
who is your energy guy going to be coming off of the bench? But I think you just have to trust that you're going to have somebody else coming off the bench that's going to be able to do that, whether it ends up being Kyle Anderson or Zaire Williams, Tyus Jones. Tyus has been fantastic in this series as well. DeAnthony Melton continues to struggle. It's tough to watch, man. I, I don't know man. if it's the nerves of the situation for, for Melton, but it seems like playoff time, he just goes invisible. And the Grizzlies have seen this two years in a row. As much as I like DeAnthony Melton, he may have played his way into a trade with this team. And unless yeah. he finds a way to put it together throughout the rest of this playoff stretch, whether you know they, they end up falling to the Timberwolves, which I still don't think that that's going to be the case, or he, he's got to find a way to go out there and be effective. He has just been flat out bad. Yeah, um, and I was about to go there next before you you brought him up. Um, I, I think, as you said, man, I think this might be the end for him. I, and it's so weird to me because we saw down the stretch how well he was playing, just how well shooting the basketball. It's not like he's not getting good looks and in the, in the defense is any better because he's getting good looks and just not knocking them down. And every time he pulls up, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the one. He's going to knock these down. We've seen him knock these shots down, and he just – does not do it uh, and really hasn't done it on either end in, in this series. And it's been a non-factor. I think at this point, if I'm Taylor Jenkins, I'm, I'm thinking I'm giving those minutes to Conchar uh, because you know Conchar is going to give you max effort. Uh, he, he has a tendency to, to track these weird rebounds. He, so he helps you there. Uh, I think he, he plays a little bit bigger than Melton. I just, I think at this point, I'm, I've seen enough of Melton in the playoffs. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I hate to give up. On, on a young guy like that, but we had a, a pretty pretty solid sample size now that for some reason and whatever reason that is, he just doesn't get it done in the playoffs. And, I mean, last night I think was just a – I mean, you look at this, it's got over four uh, from the field, over, over three from three, uh, only two rebounds, uh, did, did not score in the game. I mean, that's just tough because you need, you really need him. And we talked about that going into the playoffs, that his shooting, uh, him as well as Tyus, and Tyus has been fantastic. He's – continue to, to play as well as he, he's ever played. Uh, but we talked about the shooting that Melton brings and how that was a, a big X factor for this team, and, and they haven't had it. Um, luckily, outside of, um, I want to say, say game one, they've done a good job of neutralizing uh, Malik Beasley and Jaden McDaniels and guys that the Timberwolves have coming out the bench. So it hasn't been as big of a problem, and, and B.C. has played so well. B.C. and Ties have played so well. They've kind of covered some of that up. But, uh, again, man, I think in this series, the Grizzlies bench is, is one of their advantages or should be one of their advantages. So you need to get all the production you can get off the bench as possible. And Melton just hasn't been able to bring that to series. Yeah, it, it's – I hate it, man, because I really do like De'Anthony Melton. And like you said, we, we saw a lot of what he can bring toward the end of the season. When, when he gets hot, man, he is – like he he has a chance to go nuclear and he could win a game for you but we've seen it don't see this level of confidence he he the 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 confidence level from him is just not there and i I mean it's weird weird to say that i was gonna say it's weird to say that zaire looks a lot more confident out there than than anthony melton does right now and he's a rookie uh in, in big time playoff games zaire doesn't look like a guy that that's scared at all like this moment doesn't look too big he looks the same way he looked in the regular season and that's amazing for 
a, a guy that started off the season the way he started off. I mean, he was extremely raw. I mean, it's every time I think about this situation, I mean, I'm still shocked by his development and, and how far he's come along as far as his confidence. And because, I mean, he's out there, he wants those shots. He's looking for them to get the ball in the corner for him to take those threes. I mean, this moment hasn't looked too big for him at all. And it's just kind of surreal to kind of see how confident he is and, and see the confidence of Melton just doesn't seem to have it right now. Yeah, I've Zaire missed a defensive assignment last night. I, I've yeah, been, I know I've been very, very like gassing him up because he is a rookie and he's playing at an extremely high level. Even you know, in like beginning of the season, it was bad, and we saw him kind of turn that corner. But I, I think last night we saw some of that rookie and and that missed assignment. He just kind of he he fell off of his guy. He got the ball watching. And his guy was wide open in the corner for a three. He was too far away to close out. The guy knocks a three down. There, they have to make an adjustment. That's that's not just happening to Zaire. They have to let Patrick Beverly beat them. Let him beat you. He is and over at help every time. And, they, and he's trying to pass the ball. He's not even trying to score. Like he, he's no, dude, he, to pass the ball. That's he gets in there and he jumps up and then he's looking for a pass. If he gets in there and you wait for him to jump and you crowd those passing lanes, he's done for. 100%. How many open looks? Jordan McLaughlin went four for four. Man. From three last. And he played – this is not a slide on McLaughlin. He was fantastic for the Timberwolves yeah. all year long. He played yeah. very well this year. But all four of McLaughlin's threes were wide the hell open because people were overhelping off of him. I mean, wide and, open. And it is like, man – that's an issue. That's a big issue. And I hope that the coaching staff has seen that because uh, it wasn't just McLaughlin. There were a number of threes last night from the Timberwolves where the Grizzlies were just way off base that I saw John ja Morant do the same thing coming off of one of his guys. I saw, you know, you could point out during the game, a number of different times where it happened, where you leave your guy wide open in the corner, which is the highest percentage three in the game. And they knocked it down, you know, shot 50% from three. And that's something as a Grizzlies fan, you got to be happy coming out of this game. You got screwed by the referees. The Minnesota Timberwolves shot 50% from three. Carl Anthony Towns goes to the free throw line 17 times, goes for 33 and 14 the absolute best this team can play, and they only beat you by one point when your two best players play like absolute butt. You got to be happy. This is the if the Grizzlies lose this series, it's a catastrophe because these this game last night. Not that I had any doubt before, but this game last night proved to me that the Grizzlies are far and away the superior team. They just have to find a way to get it done. Yeah, I tweeted that exact same thing out last night. I mean, you're minus 15 on, on, the, on the free throw line. I mean, you get nothing from, from John Jared. You're going against a, a Minnesota team who's at home. Their crowd's fired up. Their back's against the wall, essentially. They had to win this game. You go, They go down 3-1 and going back to Memphis. I mean, it's lights out, and they know that. Um, and, and we talked about that. I, I knew this could go one of two ways. I knew that they could they could either fold uh, mentally and, and just not have it, or they could – respond, Paul Anthony Towns could hear all the criticism and, and everything and come out and have a big game, which he did. A lot of that had to do with 
all the foul shots he got, but but there's no doubt that he came out more aggressive and played well. I'm not gonna take that away from him, even though I'm not a big big fan of his. I think he's super soft. I think he's a yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I, he's super soft. I think he's a front runner. He jaws when he's playing well, and then he goes in the shell when he's not. Uh, but I think you have to feel good. I mean, a one-point loss, I mean, in this game, in this situation, with all the things that happened in this game, I, it shows you. I, and there was a lot of people trying to say last night that Tim, the Timberwolves just a better team. They've just been a better team. And I disagree with that. A lot of people look at game three, and they're like, okay, well, they had this big lead. They almost lost that game by double digits. I don't care how it happened. The Grizzlies almost won that game still by double digits. So, I mean, I'm not hearing the argument of, of their, that they're just better because, I mean, you look at the Grizzlies win, Grizzlies would have a 24-point 20, win and, and a 9-point win, and Minnesota has a 13-point win and a 1-point win. I mean, so I, I'm not – I can't sit up here and say Minnesota has been better. Minnesota's played well in stretches in this series, but results are results. And I think last night, when you look at everything that we just laid out, I think it shows you that the Grizzlies are the far superior team. Because you look at this free throw shooting, the Timberwolves should have won this game by 20. Especially when the Grizzlies, when the Grizzlies weren't even really playing well out, outside of Bain and Brooks. I mean, uh, you, you go have John Jaron doing what he's doing. Don't have Jaron on the floor a lot for his defense. I mean, there's no way that you should only win this game by one. At home, you got your crowd rocking. The season's basically on the line. You only come out there with a one-point win with the way this thing goes down. That is not a good referendum on Minnesota uh, when, when, when you look back at this. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Dylan a little bit because I saw some people hating on him last night, and, and I, don't, I don't understand it. You have to understand what Dylan is as a player. If you've been a Grizzlies fan at all since Dylan Brooks has been on this team, you know that Dylan is going to take some ill-advised shots. It's 100% going to happen every single game. There's no two ways about it. It's going to happen. He was 50% from the field last night. And, yeah, he, he took more shots than anybody on this team. But let's he, be honest. He needed him to. The, the way that Ja Morant was playing yeah. last night, I'd much rather those shots go to Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain because Ja Morant was not himself. So he he's matched up on D'Angelo Russell – which second, third, you can kind of argue either way. He's one of the three best players on the Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell averaged 18 points during the regular season and shot 41% from the field. He's averaging 13 points in this series, shooting 31% from the field, and Dylan Brooks has been his primary defender. Dylan Brooks has neutralized D'Angelo Russell. That's what you need him to do. And not only has he neutralized D'Angelo Russell, he's playing pretty damn well on the offensive end. He's, he's averaging 17 points a game, two three-pointers a game, and he's shooting 41% from the field. Those are all solid numbers. Th those are numbers from your third or fourth option. Those are numbers that you like to see. And, and I don't get where all of the hate. I saw it. If this was just one person saying it, I wouldn't even have mentioned. No, it's not. It's not one person because we people have given us crap. Oh, well, you think Dylan Brooks is a second coming of Jordan or whatever? Like, <laughs> I, I do stick up for Dylan Brooks, but it's when you're you're coming out here. He had there was one play in particular. He came down the floor, went tunnel vision. Dylan hated to see it. It drove me nuts as well. But he ends up taking a contested mid range with like 14 seconds on the shot clock. And then here, here comes the hate. And then after that, it was just hammering on him. And I saw multiple people doing it. 
And then you you look at this this the box score at the end of the game, and it's like, hey, you know, you you take Dylan Brooks out of this game, what do you got? You you got a blowout loss is what you have, and it, it just drives me nuts, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I mean from what I've seen on, on social media, like I said, Twitter is not always the end all be all. A lot of times you see things on Twitter, and if you what view it from a broader scope, it's not exactly the case. But I think the general consensus is what I've seen is Dylan has not been good in this series. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. You talk about the defense on D'Angelo Russell outside of, of a little bit of that third game, he got off a little bit, got some shots off in, in game three, but for the most part, he's doing, I mean, we, we see what D'Angelo Russell has done to this team in, in a regular season. And he, he ain't doing that right now. And that's because Dylan Brooks has turned the water off. I mean, that's 100% what it is. Dylan Brooks did not play in those games. And you saw what happened. Now you see D'Angelo Russell's kind of been an afterthought outside of game three in, in the series because he, he's knocked him off a rhythm. His defense is unquestionably, he's the best perimeter defender on his team, and it shows uh, on a night in, night out basis. But you look at last night, I mean, 24 points, two rebounds, uh, 10 of 20 from the field. I know there's 20 shots, but he's 50%. I mean, man, how are you going to argue, argue against that, especially three or four from three uh, when, when you don't have John Morant just not being aggressive? Somebody has to take over the slack. And Again, man, Dylan Brooks and, and Bain have done that. And, I mean, Dylan, Dylan is going to take some shots at that question. Like, he had that deep top of the three key, and when he shot it, you're like, oh, man, no, and he knocked it down. Then he had another shot where it was like a, a turnaround fadeaway, this weird thing, and he knocked that one down. I know people were like, man, what are you doing? And he he, he makes those shots, though, at times. So, I mean, you need guys to, to make tough shots, and he's definitely a guy that's shown that he can be a tough shot maker. Um, and and he, sometimes you just have to live with, some of the bad shots he's going to take. When you're a guy that's a scorer, that's going to happen. I mean, there, there's plenty of guys. You guys in the Hall of Fame that uh, as I, I saw a stat earlier where it was like Kobe has missed, missed the most shots in history or some crazy shot like like that. But I mean, that's because he takes a lot of shots. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. You're not guys that are, are volume scorers. You're they're never going to be perfect. Like and, and and to have a guy like Dylan Brooks take 20 shots and knock down 10 of it. I mean, I think that's fantastic. And again, man, you needed somebody to pick up that slack last night because Ja just doesn't have it right now. And and, I, and I've talked about this last night on Twitter. There are some that agree, some disagree. I feel like he's dealing with an injury, and he almost pretty much said as such in the post-game press conference. Uh, when he was asked, was he injured uh, or healthy, he said, I I'm getting there. And knowing Ja, if he didn't just vehemently say, no, I'm fine, that lets you know for sure that he's dealing with something. Because he would have just said, no, I'm fine, that's – there's no excuse. There's not anything going on with me. The fact that he kind of left it out there that there might be something going on, I think that lets you know how he's feeling right now. Um, and just hopefully you get the two days off and he can get some treatment and, and get better. But I can just tell there, there there's some plays where he goes to the basket where you can, you know you've watched him in the past and you've seen things that you know he's capable of doing and he doesn't do it in, in these games. I'm like, man, he there's something wrong. Like, I don't think he's like – at the point to where he shouldn't be playing at all, maybe. But but there's definitely something going on that, especially on the defensive end, you can see it. And I know his personality with the way that that Patrick Beverly jaws and the stuff he's saying, even if they're they're doing a good job of, of listening to him. There's no question about that. But I know Ja and his mentality, even if, even if so, he'd be forcing it, even if he wasn't making it. And you, he's not even doing that. Every now and then, he'll pick a spot and he'll try to take all, but he's not even – Forcing it, he'll get the ball. He gives it up immediately. Like he's not even. I saw a couple of plays where he just they pass the ball. He's like a hot potato. Like he didn't even want it. And that's just not job. Not in this situation. Not in the playoffs. Not on this stage. There, there's definitely something going on with him. But 
he's going to have to be better. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And he knows that. He talked about it last night. He said he's not himself right now. He knows that. He's not above the rim right now. Uh, but but that is coming. So so we'll see. He's a three-game three series now. Could be a two-game series. I still think it's going to be a two-game series. I think the Grizzlies are going to win on, on Tuesday night, and I think they're going to close it out in, in Minnesota on Friday. I said Grizzlies in six to start, and I'm, I'm still going to stand on that. Yeah, but, you know, I missed my prediction, and that's fine. As long as the Grizzlies end up winning this series, that, that's all that I'm really concerned about. I would love to see them close this, this series out in five. It would have been good for the health of the team. It would have been good to shut up a lot of people. Um, especially with Golden State and Denver, it looks like Golden State's going to wrap that up, could wrap it up in four. I'm hoping Denver's able to pull it out today. They're playing right now. Uh, that, would, that would be nice to kind of see that one prolong at least a one, more, one more game. Yeah, yep, for sure. So – you know, you, you don't need uh, need the, other, the the team that you're matching up against. You don't need them to finish up early and get rest while you're trying to close out a long series. Well, we'll see what a physical happens. series like this one is for sure. Yeah. You don't don't want that happen. The, the the Grizzlies play again Tuesday night at home at the FedEx Forum. Uh, we will not have a post game that night. We will do that on Wednesday. By the way, I, I am uh, I'm going to be at the game and then I have to travel five hours from Memphis to go to work. Um, so we will record Wednesday night at some point. And we'll get that post game out. Hopefully we're talking about the Grizzlies one game away from ending this series. And I'd love nothing more than for the Grizzlies to go back in the target center and just rip the hearts out of all of them fans. That would be glorious. <laughs> I would love they were that so much. Wolves been sick last night, late in, late in the fourth quarter. And I was like, yeah. all right, man. And Grizzlies almost made their comeback on them. I was like, yeah, man, 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 be yeah, careful. <laughs> yep. So it's we knew that this was going to be a tough matchup. This is it. The Timberwolves have been a tough matchup because of the way that these two teams play. It's very similar, and so it, it has. It's been exactly that tough matchup. I still feel like the Grizzlies are the superior team. We'll see what happens. I don't have much else that, that I want to talk about whenever it comes to this game, other than I'd like for somebody to uh, you know drop kick John Goble, but um, you know. <laughs> That, that's it, man. You got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I was going to say to your, to your point that you just made, Vegas still believes the Grizzlies are, are the better team as well. They've been favored in every game in this series, and despite it being 2-2, two, two to two, Grizzlies are a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, man, I'm hoping the Grizzlies can, can come out and and, and, for, and get a fast start. man. I'm so tired of seeing Timberwolves jump out to these big leagues, say 10-0, 12-0, I mean, because that's kind of what we've seen a, a lot in the series. And I think if the Grizzlies get off to a good start, um, I think with their crowd kind of the same way Minnesota's done, I think Grizzlies get on top of them and finish for them. I, I think they can get on top of them and not look back. And that, that would be good, man, to go back to, to Minnesota up 3-2. You definitely don't want to go back to a situation where you're going back to the target center where you're do or die. Um, and, and that makes it real tough. Not that I don't believe this team can do that because anybody may just take uh, game three, Francis. We know how resilient this team is. So I have no doubt that even if they did lose on Tuesday night, they could go to, to Minnesota and force a game seven. But that's not the situation that, that you want to be in. Yeah, absolutely not. So we will go ahead and get out of here. Guys, I, I shared it yesterday on the page. Make sure you go and listen. Candace uh, went on a uh, – had a guest appearance on uh, Sharon Brown's podcast. It was Believe Grizzlies. I You know, go, go to – Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. You'll see where I retweeted that, encouraging you guys to go listen to it. Love Sharon. She has been nothing but fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Since I've, uh, started covering the Grizzlies. She's been on the show a number of times. 
she is she just great person love her to death and you guys know what candace brings every time so that it's going to be good stuff go and check that out again the show is on, on twitter at ethos grizzlies i'm at david w2111 candace is at seahawks 901 Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Again, Grizzlies will be back at FedEx Forum Game 5 Tuesday night. Uh, kind of an early tip, 6.30, uh, a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, of course, Valley Sports Southeast, our guys, Pete and Brevin, will be on the call. Nationally, it'll be on TNT. So, sure, uh, Charles Barkley and those guys will will have some comments uh, on the game. Be interesting Anybody but Ruko and <laughs> yeah, so um, man, that that that's gonna be gonna be a situation. I think the Grizzlies have an opportunity to to kind of take a hold on this series because I think if the Grizzlies went on on Tuesday night, they're gonna win this series. I don't see any way the Timberwolves win two in a row um, against this team. Win one in Minnesota and come back and win a closeout game, Game Seven in Memphis. I don't see it happening. So I think this game is huge uh, for the Grizzlies, and, and I think they're gonna win it. But we'll be back. Later next week, uh, probably prior to Game 6, uh, to kind of take a look back at that when it gets set for uh, Game 6. Uh, so until then, we go. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.